1: You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Come on,
0: baby, don't you want to go? Come on, baby, don't you want to go? Back to the same old
1: place, sweet home, Chicago. All right, welcome back to another Bears Nation podcast. We've got myself, <laughs> Josh Lyles, Jake Hassan, and Chris Nano. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Lyles 28 or Jake, what's your what's your Twitter handle?
0: At Jake Hassan2.
1: And then Chris, what's your Twitter ha- handle? It's Chris
2: Nano 10
1: Sweet. So, if you're gonna go follow us, awesome. If not, you can just listen to our beautiful voices. But let's get started. All right, so we had we did a little question, a Q and A, is last minute, so we only got one response, which is okay, because uh, we can spend a lot of time on that one person. So it was from at C Beck with eighty um, six, and he asked which part of the new offense are we most excited about. So if you guys want to go ahead and start it off, go ahead and knock it out.
0: For me, it's just the fact that there is a new modern offense. Uh, we know that the biggest problem with John Fox was. Uh, a kind of old school offense with mostly centered around running the ball. Um, And as you'll see, if you're reading, if you're a Bears fan, you've been reading up on Trubisky this off season, you know, the biggest knock on him has been that he didn't throw a lot last year. And that's because he didn't get the opportunities. Um, Sometimes throwing as few as seven or 12 times a game, which is insane. So I'm just more excited to see what Nagy has in store for Trubisky in year two. Especially since he's surrounding him with such awesome talent like Alan Robertson, uh Trey Burton and these kind of guys that'll help hopefully take Trubisky's game to the next level.
2: Yeah, for me, um, you know, for starters it's not a Dowell Loggins John Fox offense, so I mean, that's already an upgrade there. Um, so, you know, like like Jake was saying, it's it's really gonna come down to Trubisky, but I mean, I love what we've done around him. You know, it's they've set him up to succeed, really. Uh, so you know, it'll really just come down to his development. Um, you know, and we still have those two studs in the backfield, and Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. So you know, we're 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 set on paper. Um, if Trubisky develops, this team could be absolutely lethal, especially this offense. I should just say.
1: So to that point. So, yes, we're all excited that we have an offense. But let's just say we did have an offensive of coach last last season. We didn't have the tools around Trubisky to even perform something like what Nagy's going to provide to our team. So I'm just excited about all these flipping weapons that we have. Like like you said, Jake, Alan Robinson, and now Anthony Miller, um, and being able to use Shaheen. He came alive at the end of the season last season. So just all these different – Options that we have just to throw the ball to Tariq Cohen um, Taylor Gabriel like the list Trey Burton The list goes on uh, we t- we mentioned it last or on Thursday just it's night and day from last season So there's a lot a lot to be excited about Even I'm
0: really ex- I'm really excited about Shaheen because I Was excited about him when we drafted him and then when he wasn't getting play early in the season It was really frustrating because the Bears were getting these red zone opportunities and their biggest guy was on the sidelines, so I, I think Nagy's going to definitely know how to utilize that better than John Fox or Dole Loggins did.
1: Which there's there's proof of that. I mean, Tra- right. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say because we don't know he could be he could be the next whatever. But I'm not going to say Travis Kelsey and Adam Shaheen are the same people because we don't know. But if Adam Shaheen could even be a sliver of what Travis Kelsey is, Matt Nagy has proven that he can use those those giant tight ends to. Create awesome plays so definitely excited about that so yeah that is that is uh, that is the part of the new offense that we're most excited about is just having an offense just having something (laughs) to to work with let's jump into minicamp that was just this weekend and so many good things that came out of it the 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 beat writers all the twitter updates like everything was positive coming out which it is every offseason and we've talked about this before. We're always positive before the season starts, and then it just falls apart. But there's just something about this off season that just feels feels good. Um, but let's let's talk about some of the players from mini camp, uh, rookie mini camp, and just some of the things that were said about them. And we're just going to break them down as we go. So it's going to feel like a draft recap, but it's going to be different different because we're going to hit on topics that came out this weekend. So. Chris, you want to
2: talk about Roquan Smith a little bit? You know, there hasn't been too much news on him. Um, but like you were saying earlier when we were talking, um, you know, no news is good news. Um, you know, everyone has high expectations for him. They said he looked he looked, he looked explosive. Um, he looked ready. Um, and, you know, he, he looks the part. So not much coming out on him. But the, the main thing is the, that I heard was that uh, him and – him and Iggy are gonna be roommates, uh, so you know they get to bounce ideas off each other, get to learn together, uh, become become good friends in, in the uh, throughout the process. So uh, that's something to look out for. Uh, see how their how their you know partnership on the field and off the field develops. But yeah, I mean, just I I just think he's gonna be an absolute baller. Uh, just just a perfect player for us, and you know he's he hasn't uh, done anything crazy yet, but you know he's doing what he's supposed to do and. It's still really early in the, in the process.
0: So. Yeah, to that point, uh, just that it's the same thing. I mean, we, I, I don't remember where I read this, but something about how the Bears are taking the right approach with Roquan, just kind of letting him do his thing. I mean, because he knows he's had that kind of leadership role at Georgia as an upperclassman, as a, the kind of centerpiece of that defense. So he knows what he has to do, and uh, they're just letting him do it, which I think is an awesome thing, just let him kind of integrate himself and because he obviously he has the talent to keep up, so it's exciting to see him just working with the rest of the guys.
1: And what's so funny in this press conference, like, I feel like a lot of our Bears players are like this. Like they don't say much about their play because they don't have to. Akeem Hicks will will joke around every now and then and say he's he's the best, but other than that, like he doesn't go out there and say, "Do you see all my sacks <laughs> that I got?" Like he just lets lets his play do the talking and, and Rokhan Smith so far has been that guy like he's a uh a number eight first round draft pick and he will humbly go out there with all the other guys uh, like you said Chris he's rooming, rooming with Iggy and he he could very well if he wanted to say hey I, I finished the season off a baller like I was I was excellent. I was so good, and I'm going to bring that play to the next level. To the next level, and nobody would think twice because he is a first round pick. Like, but he has that humbleness, and I I, I like that in players. But let's let's talk about Iggy since since we're on that subject. Um, Jake, you got anything on Iggy?
0: Uh, just that I'm excited uh, by his potential. He's just a big dude, and I think um, I think him rooming with Roquan because is a good thing because I. When we did our ref recap, we kind of talked about how Iggy needs some polishing. He needs a little bit more work, uh, potentially. So I think working with someone who's extremely polished, who we expect to be a leader and a starter and a key member of the defense, I think Iggy rooming with someone like that is a, is the perfect combination. And then I think those guys can just kind of learn off each other because I think they do have uh, somewhat different playing styles. I think Roquan's more of a intellectual, calculated... Uh, Player where he uses his speed and kind of looks at everything, breaks it down how he's going to do it. Whereas Iggy can kind of use more of just his raw athleticism to do it and count on that. So I think those guys can really work off each other, bounce ideas off each other. Um, and you mentioned earlier, Josh, when we were talking that Iggy's just a physical specimen. Like he's just cut to the center. Like he's he looks incredible. So I'm uh, really excited about the future for him too.
2: Yeah, you hit it right on the head. I was I was going to talk about how um you you brought up how Iggy could learn from Roquan and I was going to say, you know, Roquan is still a rookie himself as polished as he is. So, you know, like you said they can bounce uh, ideas off each other. Um and not just that, but the biggest thing to me is not just the football aspect. It's just they they're going to grow as people together. Um you know, they, they'll build a friendship and um you know, that that goes that goes a long way. So, um you know, I'm I'm really excited to see what they what they both both bring um, Iggy Gonna is probably going to be more on the athletic side. He's just a freak athlete and Roquan pretty much does everything. So um, yeah, I, I just, I love the fact that, that they're already bonding. So it's going to be, it's going to be awesome.
1: And it's hard. It's also hard to say Iggy wouldn't have been as good as uh, Roquan Smith. That, that's a bold statement, but it's hard to say that Iggy wouldn't have been as good as Roquan Smith in his in that same conference. Because Iggy was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Iggy had lower competition, but almost the same numbers. I think it, they were off by 20 tackles, I think. Like we've been saying, Iggy is very athletic. He's, he can make those plays. He can make those tackles. Um, that's never been the question. I think the question is just the competition in in college. I think that was the question on whether or not it was going to transfer to the next level. So. I think I think we got two studs back there, just waiting, just sitting there on our on our shelves. You know, like we've got we've got Danny Trevathan and Nick Kwiatkowski Kwi- 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 If we needed to put them on the side for a second, which we won't have to with Smith, but it's just neat to have rookies that are that good. So uh, oh, and then let's uh, Iggy wasn't didn't get to finish rookie minicamp. That slacker, what was he doing, guys? <laughs>
0: Well, you know Josh, so tell us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Iggy was, uh, Iggy actually was graduating with his, uh, graduated with his pre med, uh, how do you even say that? He graduated with pre med. Degree? Yeah, all right, degree? he graduated with his pre med. I didn't go to college. Okay. Get, get off. Get, get off. No. <laughs> he graduated with his pre med degree and, uh, he went back to walk. So it was kind of cool that Nagy let, let him do that. And it was also cool because is – Bragged on it. He was like, "I'm extremely proud of that kid." So um, it's just cool. Like you know how they they differentiate coaches between a player's coach and the point I'm making is Nagy is hands down a player's coach. Like he he wants he wants to get the best out of the player, and so he lets that player be them. And that was a big topic today Um, on Twitter. I saw that Nagy wants wants. The Chicago Bears players, the rookies, to be themselves and not try to be something that they're not. But let's move on. Anthony Miller, he looked great this weekend. Uh, what do you guys have to say on him?
0: I'm excited about him. Uh, he he had some quotes, and uh, the coaches also talked about just how confident he is, and I, which I really enjoy. Uh, he's not afraid of a challenge. Uh, I know one of the draft knocks on him was that he had some issues with drops and it sounds like he's really working on that. Uh, something that he really wants to shake off and really he wants to become one of those guys that you can count on, which is awesome uh, because we know he's an exceptional athlete and his measurables we talked about before the show, he has ridiculous hands uh, almost uh, that are almost a foot uh, in length or width or however you sit, however you measure hands. But he's just an exceptional measurables, awesome athlete. And he's got that kind of swagger too, and he's bringing it to the field. And, uh, I think that's part of that changing culture for the bears, guys who are confident in themselves, guys who are willing to bet on themselves. And it's exciting to see.
2: I love, I just love his confidence. Um, I, I love the fact that he wants to be the guy, um, you know, he, like you said, he, he's not scared of any challenge. Um, you know, if he plays to his potential, he could easily be one of the best receivers in this league in a couple of years. It's, it's, it's not far-fetched at all to, 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 think that. So, um, you know, we all knew he was explosive. Uh, we all knew he has this little, he has this little chip on his shoulder. Uh, he has a swagger to him, but, um, we just gotta, we just gotta make sure he improves on his, on his, uh, on his hands. Really. That's, that's the only thing that I feel like is like stands out, stands out to me as like a weakness. Um, but other than that, you know, it's going to be exciting to see what he does. Opposite of Allen Robinson, he's going to be next to Taylor Gabriel as well. Um, just learning from those guys, it's going to be uh, it's going to be something special.
1: Day one, Anthony Miller sat out because they were worried about his just letting his ankle rest because he had surgery, I think, or something. He had some kind of ankle issue, and um, they said it was completely healed. They just wanted to give him a day off, um, <clears throat> but. We can put whatever rumors aside, put him to bed, put him to rest, whatever you want to say, because he performed day two and three. Everybody said he was great. Explosiveness was there. We even got to see some video on Twitter. So nothing to worry about there. So that's encouraging. But, yeah, it's confidence. like that's, I think that's the biggest thing that came out of this weekend is like he, he does have that chip on his shoulder, and like he's not afraid to say, hey, I'm good, and I'll show you so that's cool um let's talk a little bit so this is the most i think the most interesting prospect that we have on our draft class um because of his potential his ceiling and that's uh fits he's our outside linebacker but he had injury issues so if you, you guys want to talk about him
0: we talked about it in the draft recap that he fits the position of need and if not for the injuries he probably would have gone higher in the draft than sixth round um And you mentioned it, Josh, he has an incredibly high ceiling. Uh, He put up some really good numbers when he was healthy at Utah. Uh, It sounds like he's really kind of how Miller is eager to shake off that label of that. He has kind of weak hands or has an issue with drops. Fitz is really, really eager from what he says. It sounds like at least really eager to get rid of this label of him being injury prone or ineffective. Can't stay healthy. And Honestly, I I hope he does because he is a very physical – like, he's a physical specimen. 6'4", 265 is what he's listed at. And if he can play at a high level uh, next to Leonard Floyd as well as the guys on the defensive line like Hicks and Goldman, then those are four really good guys you have always going at opposing quarterbacks. So I love his potential, and if he can stay healthy, that's awesome.
2: You know, I I was expecting him to kind of – Take that next step, as long as he did stay healthy. But you know, I the reports that are coming out, it's just it's, they're they're making it seem like he's going to be an absolute stud. I know it, obviously it's early, but you know the way they're talking about him, it's I'm I'm pretty surprised. Um, you know, they're saying he looks explosive, he looks the part, he looks fantastic. So um, just let him stay healthy and like like uh, Jake said, him next to Leonard Floyd just they're going to be a problem in, in opposing teams' backfield. So, you know, just, just hoping he could stay healthy. That's that's the biggest thing, really.
1: Yeah, and let's just talk about how big he is. I mean, he's 6'4", 269. He's a big dude. Um, I was looking at that that tw- that picture on the Chicago Bears' Twitter page, and it's all of our draft picks uh, standing next to each other. And I think, actually, Fitz is actually standing next, next to James Daniels. And... They're they're like the same width, and to have an outside linebacker the same size as your, as your left guard, that's that's pretty nuts. And he's got the speed to back up his 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 uh, size, so it's just exciting to look forward to to his uh, like you, like you guys said his ceiling. So um, speaking of Daniels, we can transition to him, James Daniels. He is officially going to be training for left guard and not center, even though he came out of college as the center. Um, he will be moved to left guard. Cody White here will be at center. And another interesting topic that we'll hit on a little bit is Eric Cush is now, he's he's able to move around the line a little bit as uh, solid depth. Like he's When I say solid, like he's a serviceable starter. So to have that as depth, that's pretty cool. But you guys want to talk about James Daniel and what came out this weekend? What have you guys heard?
0: We talked about it last week that we kind of, I at least I, not to brag I guess, but I I kind of said that Whitehair should be expected to be at center, just based on continuity and based on what uh, the coaches were saying. But now Nagy said officially that Whitehair will be at center, Daniels will be at guard, and I mean, it I mean it's not st- set in stone because if Whitehair does struggle, uh, if he continues to show show struggles with the snap or with snap counts, or what have you, then, uh, I mean, that's obviously a fluid operation because Daniels did play center. He was very good at it in college, but I mean, it's still a very good offensive line, probably the top six or seven off interior offensive line in the league. So, uh, and Daniels, we know he can play it. He's got that, uh, versatility to play guard as well. But as far as Kush goes, uh, uh he'd be a starter anywhere else. I think so to have a starting caliber guy as your number one backup, I think that's a very nice luxury for the bears to have.
2: It was, it was a little, little bit odd for me. Um, cause Cody Whitehair in college played primarily center or primarily guard, sorry. And James Daniels at Iowa played primarily center. So I kind of just thought they were going to go with, I guess their primary position per se, but, <laughs> I um, guess I guess I do understand uh, where they're coming from with this. Um, you know, I I also wouldn't be shocked if by September that you know they are switched where Daniels is at center and Whitehair is at guard. Um, yeah, uh, Josh, like you were saying, that that I mean, Cush being able to be a depth player is just huge because um, you know it's it's crazy to think about how much our offensive line has improved from let's say 2010 2011 where. Cutler was just getting sacked on, you know, every other play. Um, but, yeah, now it, it feels good. Like, it feels like when when Trubisky drops back or when he snaps the ball, you know, you, you don't feel as as uncomfortable as you did, you know, maybe six years ago. Um, but, yeah, I, I, just, I just love what they've done with this offensive line. I think we're going to be um, very serviceable and, um, you know, just another plus for Trubisky heading into the year.
1: To the point of the Bears' line being better, it, it is definitely better, but it definitely still needs some work considering um, against the Browns last season, 2017. I think Trubisky was sacked six times against the Browns. And so that, I, I know we had a lot of injuries on the line, so that is definitely a good excuse. So if we have all those starters, Kyle Long, um, James Daniel, Whitehair, all in there, um, I, we should be fine. But the run, the run offense is is great. Like, they're, they're great with zone running, um, making those holes. And I think the reason they're so great is Jordan is, is just a baller at finding those holes, whether it's there or not. Like, he just find, sees it and goes for it. But that pass protection was definitely an issue last season. So I'm hoping having guys healthy, obviously, changes everything. And how many times are we going to have to say that in this show? Like...
0: Well, I mean, it's a it's a point that you can't hammer home enough, though, because, I mean, injuries were an issue last year. Kyle Long wasn't fully healthy. Um, sit and dealt with injuries. Eric Kush was lost before the year even started. So, I mean, for God's sake, Cronus Grassu was starting at center a couple weeks at the end of the season. So, uh, I mean, it's a point that you can't uh, hammer home enough because it is so important,
1: especially the line. I get there's gonna be injuries on the field. I get that, but past our starters, it's kind of a sketch. Like it's kind of scary. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I mean, just look at look at uh, the Eagles. Next man up. I mean, they look mm-hmm. at all their injury laden people. Like they had they had guys go down too. Uh, Carson Wentz being one of them. They they just won the Super Bowl. Like we need to find quality depth guys, which I think we have this year. Like Jordan Morgan being coming back. From his injury, like I think, I, I really think we have depth this year. It's just, it's it's scary. I want to be cautiously optimistic because, I I've I've been excited before, you know. So let's talk about some notable cuts after this rookie minicamp. So, there was there was a quite a few cuts. Actually, Chris, do you still have that list in front of you.
2: Yeah, the the four players that were cut: um offensive lineman Travis Averill, linebacker Howard Jones uh lineman cameron lee offensive lineman and uh linebacker niles morgan out of Notre dame um you know we were talking about it earlier how to you know we're not really we're not that deep at linebacker and we ended up cutting howard jones and niles morgan and you know howard jones last year was a guy that a lot of people wanted called up to the 53 man uh roster so you know it's it's a little bit odd um but hopefully something comes out on why why they were cut
1: yeah, especially Howard Jones. He did, coming out of college, uh, his rookie his rookie season with the Bucks, he had five sacks, um, which is a, which are solid numbers uh, for a rookie. I don't even. He only had five starts and he had uh, five sacks, so that's pretty darn good. That's averaging a sack a game, so that's pretty pretty solid production. Um, even even last season with the Bucks, he had. His, I mean, not with the Bucks. Sorry, even last season with the Bears, he had a sack. And he he never started a game at all, so that was just him being a a uh, rotational guy. So, but they like we've said before in the show, like the coaches, the evaluators, they're all there. They see what's going on. Uh, Nagy in his um, press conference actually talked about uh, how the difference between day one, day two, and day three. And so day one, everybody comes in, they see the playbook. Everything's new, especially the offensive guys. And then day two, they they ran some of the same schemes, so that way they could evaluate to see all right who learned, who actually learned something new. Um, and then day t- day three, they did they did a new scheme uh, that they didn't practice on day one and two. But day two for Nagy was a was a his way of evaluating who's dedicated to learning and maybe those four guys who they they got cut like they just weren't making basically making the cuts yeah so that was that was the rookie mini camp. overall tell me how you feel about the weekend
0: i feel good i think there's we have every reason to feel good about this rookie class um you know we were i think that all three of us were very high on them even before we saw some tape on them or before we saw them in action at camp and now that we get all these glowing reviews uh, coming out of camp, it just kind of reinforces that idea that we should be excited about these guys, ex- especially guys like Fitz and Roquan and Miller and Daniels. Like, I mean, the list just goes on and on.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's al- always it's always exciting to hear about when players are standing out, especially some of the guys that we weren't expecting to stand out. Because I mean that's just that's always just a bonus. Um, as long as the guys that we expect to do good are doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, you know, anything else is, is more bonus. Um, but I just wanted to mention real quick, um, the Bears signed John Franklin um, from Last Chance U. He was uh, the quarterback from Last Chance U, the show. Um, and, and they signed him as a kick returner. And they also signed wide receiver Matt Fleming, who was used to be a track star uh, in high school. So uh, that's something to watch out for, too. And you can see what route they're going. Uh, two really speedy guys. Um, so yeah,
0: that, that's something just to watch out for, especially since kick returners been kind of in flux since Devin Hester left, Uh, Exactly, Frank, Franklin, that one video that I saw, he ran a 40 and allegedly it was 4.19, uh, time. But if he's, if he's even close to that, that fast, I mean, he has to be, he has to be on the kick return team because I mean, that's speed that, I mean, that's John Ross speed. That's record speed. So uh, that's really exciting to see because if the Bears can get some stability at that position, that's awesome.
1: Record speed at what height again? What did you say, Chris? Six one, I think? Six, he was 6'1", yeah. That's, six uh, one. It's, that's, just, that's crazy. Like he's a big guy and running a uh, four one nine.
0: That's record speed. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. Um, just real quick, off topic, if Jordan Howard does not get mentioned in, in the top NFL 100, I'm gonna flip.
2: No, I don't think I don't think there's been a Bears player for the last two years. If I'm not if I'm mistaken, if I'm not mistaken,
0: not even Kyle Long.
2: Yeah, no, Kyle Long hasn't been there. I would be shocked, dude. I would be shocked if Kyle Fuller isn't on it this year after the year he had last year. Or
1: Adrian Amos, like he's gotten. S- I can't believe yeah, how much yeah, he's yeah. blown up, um, like, in the media side of everything. Like, they, yeah. he, he was brought in on Good Morning Football, like pff talks about him all the time
2: yeah no you know you know what's crazy to me it's the fact that they say these rankings are always based on the previous year but then they don't really do the rankings based off that if you really look at what Mm -hmm. what they're you know what i mean it's like it's just kind of silly like fletcher cox is at 69 and like i know he's he's really good but he really didn't do anything last year it was mainly because he was getting double teamed i was watching a lot of their games i was watching some tape on him he gets double-teamed a lot, but, I mean, if, so. if, if he gets double-teamed, like, okay. Like, we, we know he why he gets double-teamed. He's good. But if the production isn't there, you can't just include him because of his name. You know what I mean? It's just kind of silly. I don't know.
1: I mean, if you're taking two guys away from the line, I mean, I think that is production, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. No, no, no. no that, you're, you're completely correct about that. But it's just, I don't know. Like, they just don't really... Fletcher Cox was good last year, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like like Hicks Hicks is not gonna be on here, which is pretty ridiculous, in my opinion. He he doesn't even get talked about. It's just I don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah. I mean, Hicks definitely needs to be in conversations. Like
2: I say Hicks, Fuller, and Amos,
1: yeah. Amos, As a nose yeah. tackle, D lineman, pushing from the center, and you have six sacks, seven sacks, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah that's that is production you don't ever see from that position normally. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure his numbers almost matched Aaron Donald's.
2: Yeah, they did. They did. And I remember they didn't even, he didn't even make the pro bowl, which was crazy to me.
1: All right. So the next and final segment of today's show, we're going to, we're going to do a little player highlight and we're going to talk about Roy Robertson Harris, um, the monster himself. um, his production really hasn't been there since being on the team but his first season with the bears he was he was put on injured reserve right
2: yeah okay
1: his first season with the bears he's put on injured reserve the next season um he actually only started zero he didn't start at all he played in 13 games he started uh zero times which is blows me away, away. if we only have 5 wins like just see what people are capable of like start these underrated diamond in the rough guys but anyways go ahead let's evaluate this guy tell me tell me what you guys think of him his potential his ceiling his floor all that good stuff let's let's break him down
0: I I like his measurable 67294 and he's only two, 24 years old um I I like how he fits with the rest of the guys with uh with Akeem Hicks, with uh, Eddie Goldman, I think he kind of plays well with them. Uh, And I think a guy like Fangio is the perfect mentor for a guy like Robertson Harris because uh, Fangio is good with these kind of athletic freaks who he can kind of mold into the vision that he has for them. So he's slowly coming along. I think we saw some good things last year. Um, The two sacks, you know, the the tackles, even though he didn't start, I mean – just as long as he's getting some play, he's getting some trust. I think that's a good thing, and hopefully he continues to get a longer leash because I think if Fangio has a vision for him, uh, it'll be really awesome what a, the final
2: product could be. This is a guy, you know. I'm taking, I'm expecting to take the next step. Um, you know, he he didn't play all that much last year, like we were, like you guys were just talking about, but um, you know, every time. He was on the field. It seemed like he was putting pressure on the quarterback. If he wasn't tackling someone or, or um, you know, sacking the quarterback, but it's just it's some of those those things that go unnoticed, like QB pressures or you know taking a, a gap to allow you know someone else to to explode through the holes, you know, get in the backfield or something like that. But just I, I like I just feel like some of the things he does are just so just go so like. Under, like are so underappreciated um but yeah i'm expecting him to take the next step i i think he'll be playing a little bit more uh this year with you know uh willie young and all those guys that are uh, that got cut um because you know he he's, he's a defensive end but we have seen him play outside linebacker so um yeah i just i just hope he he pans out um because he does have a lot of potential
1: yeah, Chris, to that point, I was just I was reading his uh, draft profile on NFL.com, and it says, uh, Robson Harris will step onto the field at his first NFL camp looking like a dude. He has the desired length, power, and athleticism to play on the edge, and it will be interesting to see if teams view him as a defensive end or a stand-up player. So to that, that point, Roy Robertson Harris shows athleticism beyond what his size says he could, should be able to run. I mean, he's a fast guy. He overpowers uh, offensive linemen. But, I mean, he's literally gained 50 pounds since college. So that way he could fill the role as defensive end and not outside linebacker. So the size is a good thing because he was too small to play on the line um, before against NFL offensive linemen. So adding that that weight has really helped in his development. His knock says here that he... uh, His athleticism doesn't match his production, Um, and that's been true since he's been on the team as well. So it'll it'll be interesting uh, to see his third season. He should be comfortable. Like Granted, he was on IR his first season, but he still had time to learn the playbook and uh, watch plenty of tape. Um, But there's nothing like being on the field. But he has an entire season under his belt. So it'll be interesting to see if he takes that next step. Uh, We mentioned this earlier before the show, He's only an inch smaller than Calais Campbell. And Calais, if he could reach Calais Campbell's production, man, our, our our defense is already scary in the middle with Goldman, uh, Hicks, and Bullard and um, all those guys in the center. Just adding a monster like Robertson, Harris, just like I feel really bad for centers, centers and guards. The tackles already have a lot to deal with. Um, Normally, with all the speed on the outside, but just having that brutal strength in the center, it's just, it's good. That's exciting. I'm excited. All right, guys, I think that's a wrap. That was a good show. Uh, We'll be back next week, Monday, back on schedule. We will most definitely be talking about the OTAs that are happening the next three days, so keep your eyes out on Twitter for any updates on that. Uh, I'm Josh,
2: Jake, and Chris right here, and Bear Down.